I spoke to their CEO, Pascal Gauthier, for the second time, the first time being at Bitcoin Miami last year in person, about what they're doing to help the industry, how they're talking to regulators and legislators. He's literally in Washington right now, and what we can look forward to in the world of self-custody. That's dope. Last time we sat down was in Miami at Bitcoin Miami last year. I remember. A few things have changed. <laughs> they have, yes. It's been quite a year. Uh, how's it been for you? I would just, I would assume that there's actually been a bit of a push for self-custody after all that we've seen with these collapses and this contagion. Yeah, very much so. Um, we've had the best day, best week, best month when FTX collapsed. Uh, Every time there is a big event like FTX or SVB, you know, our sales shoot through the roof because the combination of Ledger and Bitcoin is a is considered a safe haven. This is when our sales correlate the most to if we take gold as an index, you know, our sales correlate 100% to gold as, a, as an index when these uh, events happen. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, what's, uh, what's been tough for the industry has been good for ledger that that being said uh you know the macro is sort of pushing everything down so it's, it's not like you know uh, ledger is doing well but you know we we are like everyone and we hope that you know we we expect the market at some point to pick up you know whether it's 24 25 but um the markets are still relatively slow and so you know in 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 these markets like you know ledger is sort of flat uh year on year in terms of revenue in terms of valuation you know, flat is the new up, so we're not complaining. <laughs> Slightly down, I think, is the new up. Down less than 10% is probably the new up at this point. I've never thought to index hardware wallets and Bitcoin together to evaluate the asset as a store of value or for that correlation to gold. I mean, we've seen, obviously, that Bitcoin has become less correlated to the NASDAQ and tech stocks and more correlated to gold. But bundling those two to met together makes so much sense. Yeah, uh, this is what we've done recently because we're trying to figure out, like, you know, what's the what's the best indicator, like, what's the best comparison, and how do we correlate to, you know, so some kind of what kind of macro event, etc. And you know, gold is uh, is one where in in these moments of tension, you know, there, there are several, like, actually, exchanges outflow is is one thing uh, that also correlates strongly with good business for us, etc. But you know, uh, the price of gold and, and and the gold business in general especially when there is a, a big tension. Yeah, and you also mentioned that you saw a huge spike on SVB, and I find that a bit surprising. I don't find it surprising at all that you would see a spike in ledger sales with FTX or Celsius, BlockFi, Voyager, etc. But I am a bit surprised that you're seeing that flight to safety when a bank collapses. So uh, that's interesting. How do you explain that? But it's the same phenomenon. It's really like the fact that, you know, you can't trust uh, central authorities. Uh, nobody's too big to fail. And so, you know, uh, SVB collapsed, but also Credit Suisse. And you're like, if Swiss banks go under, like, you know, what's what, what's left out there? Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, so, yeah, I mean, you know, people are concerned with their savings. And, you know, and people usually in these times, like, sort of realize that, you know, their saving at the banks are not you know, guaranteed, like, you know, people always go under the impression, like, it's cool, if my money's at the bank, then, you know, sort of whatever happened, you know, they'll pay me back. And, and they realize in these moments that actually it's not the case. There is a cap at $250,000. And, 
and that's it. Uh, and also, you know, to 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 retrieve your money is very difficult, etc. And so, not your keys, not your coins, but like you know, uh, not your not your money, not your money. Like you know, if your money, yeah, is a, I mean, literally, not not your mattress, not your coins. I guess I mean not your cash, right? I mean, if you don't have right. it buried somewhere at this point. Where are you even going to put it? It's crazy. You also it, mentioned that you know, history repeats itself. You know, two thousand eight, Lemon Brothers, etc. You know, and every time there is a reminder, it's like, oh, it's true, and this is why Bitcoin was created, etc. Like, so you don't have to trust the central authority, and uh, you'll see that in five years, you know, people will have you know forgotten a little bit, and but but also probably in five years, ten years, the market, especially centralized authorities, central authorities, would have we will do a better job at security and governance, which 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 have not done in the past, and especially and now I'm talking about crypto only, but they've not done in the past. And, you know, uh, FTX is a case of fraud, but, you know, but also it's a it's a good case to see that if if you if if an actor doesn't have very good answers in terms of how they run their security and how they run their process and how they run their governance probably means that, you know, they they they're, they're bound to fail. And so I think this would be um, uh, it's a valid question today to all the actors that are sort of out there it's like you know how do you run security how do you run governance and all these things and i can tell you that there are a bunch of actors that are not um investing enough uh, uh in that you know everybody is focused on the top line which is which, which is fair like you know businesses are for profit and they need to survive and you know it's a cold winter um but uh yeah businesses should invest more into their security layer for sure you said there's also an obvious correlation when there's outflows from centralized exchanges, but we're at a point where maybe we need to see some inflows because even our market makers are leaving. There's no liquidity, the books are thin, and there's effectively almost no Bitcoin left on exchanges. I mean, this is becoming, I think, a major problem for the market, at least in the United States, especially. Yeah, but because it's the wrong way to trade on an exchange anyways. Like, you know, the coin shouldn't be on an exchange. This is an anomaly. Uh, in the normal world, you have a segregation of duties, you know, uh, custodians are custodians, the exchange does the exchange and, you know, they're sort of market makers, prime brokers, etc. Like you have a, I, I don't see why a crypto exchange will have uh, features that are extremely different from, uh, from a normal exchange in the sense that they're all central authorities. Like there's nothing Bitcoin about like an exchange, you know, there's uh, nothing about absolutely. freedom. It's a central authority. It's very opaque you don't know what's going on you don't know where the coins are and so the reason why there was a segregation of duty and there should be a segregation of duty is exactly this and the reason why nobody wants to leave their coins on an exchange is because nobody wants to take the counterparty risk like you know who's the next exchange that's going to blow up and with how many hundreds of millions but what's happening in the market is actually good which is you know actors like us but but not just us like we're trying to figure out like okay so how can we? How can you now trade from uh, from from custody? So the custodian will actually keep the coins and and and, and trade from there, with you know um, <clears throat> with smart technology that allows you to to actually do that. Um, and so I think this is where the market is going. And so until this is in place and actors like us, sort of Fireblocks, Copper, etc., do more of this, um, I think you won't see many coins on an exchange because right now it's just uh, yes, you could trade and make some money trading, but you could also lose everything. So Who's going to take that risk? I mean, what you just described is already quite popular with MetaMask, Uniswap, et cetera, holding the actual coins, certainly ERC-20 coins on your ledger, then signing the transaction to trade and doing the trade on a, on a decentralized exchange and still maintaining self-custody. So I don't see why that wouldn't become 
sort of the norm in the future. I mean, I think people maybe like the order book and, you know, being able to visualize and place stop losses, but all those things are coming, I think, to DeFi or, or already here to some degree. Yeah, no, completely. I mean, you know, but DeFi was designed for this, like, you know, DeFi was designed so, you know, you need to secure the endpoint and typically you secure the endpoint with a, with a ledger or with ledger enterprise or with some form of security for the, for, for the endpoint, but the coins are never on the exchange uh, in a way. And I think this is where the market is going. So whether uh, it's going there because of, uh, because of the, with DeFi or it's, you know, CFI still has a role to play uh, in the in the future, but only if it does only what it's supposed to do, which is sort of the trade and before and after the coins are never uh, left uh, on the on the platform. This is also what we're seeing with the retail offering that we have in Ledger Live. Like you know, you see people that are using Ledger Live more and more to trade. Actually, Q1 we've seen triple digit growth in terms of volume of trades that happen on Ledger Live, which is very counter cyclical. I mean, the market was down, I think, forty percent. Yeah, right, yeah. and we've seen like uh, a triple digit uh, growth uh, for us in that regard, and on numbers that are you know good. Like you know, we didn't. It wasn't like zero, and suddenly we do one. Like you know, it was it was it was already quite strong, and we're seeing real growth into this. And you know, that's the that's the second phenomenon that we see in terms of people understanding two things. People understand you know self custody is important, and to trade from and you know you know, uh, from and back to self-custody is also very important. So so we see more and more of that behavior. And honestly, before FTX, I mean, it worked for sure, uh, but still people were wondering, but why should I do that? You know, I prefer to trade directly from the exchange. I think we, we're hearing less and less of that now, where people are like, well, actually, this is a cool feature and I prefer to trade from my ledger. And more and more, we see more and more also participants, like more, a lot of exchanges are getting plugged into our system. And so, that's uh, that you know. That, I think that's good for everyone. Well, you see that on actual centralized exchanges, or is it going to stay strictly in DeFi? I mean, do you think that the state exchanges themselves are cognizant of the fact that they should not be custodians, and that they should be adding these features? I know there are centralized exchanges that have DeFi aspects and are building. You know, they'll call it Web three to be able to do things like this. No, but we have a product that that brings whether you're CFI or DeFi doesn't really matter. Like we bring um, we bring everyone into some kind of a sky scanner for uh, buying and swapping, etc. Well, buying buying and selling is like is, is like purely purely CFI right now. So we have a sky scanner for that. So if you want to buy Bitcoin, then we give you the choice. Uh, we filter actually for you, and we give you the choice on like the the, the best value prop that we find for you in the market. But it's the same for swap, and we compare actually uh, CFI to DeFi, and then you choose what's the best offer for you. And you know everybody's uh, everybody's game for two reasons. One, everybody needs traffic right now, and everybody needs traders, and so you know they're happy to get it from from wherever. Uh, but also, you know, for some exchanges, it's the right thing to do. If you take a, an actor like Kraken, Kraken has always said, uh, if you go onto their homepage, uh, they've always yeah. said, don't leave the coins on the exchange. You know, yeah, self custody. Yeah, and withdraw to to a hardware wallet. So. You know, Kraken is the poster child of what needs to be done, I think. Yeah, I think everyone can definitely agree with that. Interestingly, I asked you right before we started actually recording, I said, so where are you right now? And you said, I'm in Washington, which I expected maybe like I would see tears or uh, your hair falling out or something like that. And you used a very surprising word for your experience there. You said, it's pleasant. I wouldn't expect it to be pleasant. <laughs> Well, first of all, I have to say that Washington is a great city, uh, and so it the is city, beautiful. City is beautiful. The city itself is very pleasant. 
Uh, I'm here with a few colleagues, and you know, in the morning we go for a run. I mean, it's a, it, it's a, it is it's a great city. Um, it's it's a very impressive city. I mean, it's the center of like federal power for the United States of America, so it is very impressive. And you know, the institutions, um, the democratic institutions that uh, the United States have are, you know, whether you know people you can be. Uh, criticizing, of course, and nothing is perfect, but it still functions very well. You know, the simple fact that you can access the buildings very easily, you don't even need to flash an ID, etc. I mean, you know, they are, you know, people that, that represent the people and most of the people, I mean, all of the people that I've met so far, uh, they're very conscious of that. I think, you know, everybody is doing as far as I could see. I mean, I didn't meet with everyone and I didn't see everything, but my experience tells me that you have uh, representatives that actually do care about their constituents and trying to do uh, the best they can to, um, to, uh, to, to, to run the US. So no, it, it is a pleasant experience. And I've met with very, very smart people. I'm very impressed by the quality of uh, your representatives. I mean, you know, there are uh, quite exceptional people. Most of the, all of the people that I've met in the past few days were actually very smart and understand, you know, crypto uh, uh, deeply. Uh, so that was, I wouldn't say a surprise because I was brief, but you know, it's always, uh, but it's pleasant. Yeah, surprising. So, so, so I think yeah. it's surprising. Yeah. Okay. I, I think yeah, you look from the outside and that's not the impression that you would get. Although I, we know obviously that what happens, you know, in a meeting behind closed doors is probably very different than the public persona of quite a few of them, but it's encouraging well, to hear. It's encouraging yeah. to hear that that's the case. It is the case, but also, you know, maybe I'm slightly biased because I, I meet with a lot of people that that are in, you know, certain uh, uh, pockets of the Congress, etc., and that take care of like banking and, and regulation and you know and crypto, etc. So they are in the know and they're sort of specialized into this. But the people that are working on this and specialized into this, they they know what they're talking about, like deeply, not on the surface, not a little bit, like deeply. So I think you guys are lucky to have uh, such. Uh, uh, such people to represent you. I'll take it. I mean, did you ever think that you'd be sitting in Washington taking meetings with legislators? You're, I mean, you're effectively becoming a lobbyist for the uh, crypto industry without being donned with that title, right? Uh, no, no, no. But you know what? Like, you know, what I also what I feel that when I'm in Washington is like the friendship between the French and the Americans. Like, you know, it's really real. Uh, uh, I, you know, people are very. Um, nice to me uh, in in general, and you know I think there is a deep friendship in the way that the United States was built, and the French the French helped at the beginning, uh, and you can and you can feel that. But no, I mean I had no concept of me, you know, being in uh, you know meeting people to to actually do something meaningful for the for the industry. But but it also shows that the industry that we've chosen, and you know, sort of Bitcoin and and crypto in general, uh, is a real industry for the future. I mean, there are two trends right now: it's AI and this. And AI is digital abundance versus, and the other side of the coin is crypto for digital scarcity. And they're two sides of the same coin. And so these are the two sort of burning issues of, you know, technology going forward. And, you know, I, I just feel very uh, blessed that I'm able to, you know, represent Ledger, but, you know, more broadly, like the, the crypto uh, community uh, here. So, and, and for a French guy, like, you know, it's, uh, it's all good. I've never heard AI described as digital abundance and crypto described as digital scarcity. That's brilliant. It's First, that for the is that yours? To, to, no, I wish to it was mine. <laughs> I stole it from someone. I'm stole it. I stole it from Ian Rogers, who stole it from someone else. And so 
but it's yeah. really good. So whoever um, came up with that first, I mean, thank you. And uh, but I think it's uh, I think it's true. If they're the two sides of the same coin, where do you see them meeting? Because I think that I mean, inevitably, there's going to be some major use cases and integrations between the two industries. Well, you know, first of all, it's like how do you decipher AI both um, from from humans going forward? I mean, only crypto can do that. Uh, yeah. Only because you can prove with crypto that you're human, uh, you will be able to say, "I'm human. I'm not a bot, or I'm not." Uh, uh, artificial intelligence and or whatever I'm going to write now. And even if it's enhanced by artificial intelligence, I'm going to sign cryptographically to say that, you know, this is me and this is what I want to say. So, you know, I think this is where I see uh, the, 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 the coin is like, you know, you're going to need crypto to prove many things going forward. Otherwise, you won't be able to to believe anything that you read or you see, you know, deep fakes, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So crypto is a way to prove something. Uh, I can prove I own a Bitcoin. I can prove my identity. I can prove I'm human. I can prove I'm 18, etc. Uh, and so in the in the in the world of digital abundance, it's going to be very important to decipher who is who and what is what. So I think I think this is the main thing. Now AI is a great tool, and you know as you know there are some dangers attached to AI, but also some great opportunities. So for any company, whether you're crypto or not, it's a great tool to do many things. To help developers, you know, uh, develop faster, to review code, to uh, do level one customer success, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So all these things, you know, as a CEO uh, in a company like Ledger, you have to look at and you know see how this can impact your business. And there are, you know, uh, many other things that you can do with AI. And you know, this is only the beginning. Like you know, uh, ChatGPT four, I think it is. Maybe tomorrow is going to be five, and there's going to be other players, etc. So it's going to deeply uh, transform the way that we work. But again, you know, just to make sure that, uh, that 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 we stay human and that we can decipher humans from machines, uh, you're going to need crypto to prove uh, that it's you. So there's been a lot of challenges, I would say, for self-custody as it's evolved, right? I think still to this day, a lot of people are just terrified of being their own bank. They don't want to deal with their seed phrases. They're afraid they'll fall on their head or the piece of paper will go down in flames. But it seems like you guys are making a lot of significant steps towards somewhat abstracting away that complexity. Can you talk a bit about Ledger Recover? It sounds a bit like sort of the two of three multi-sigs, but running in the background. I would love to hear more about it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there there are a few pain points, but I would say um, a few things. First, uh, I think it's now a misconception to say that self-custody is hard. I mean, it is not hard. And actually, I've talked to, I've been in the US for months and a half, and I've talked to many people and many people that have sort of switched from sort of custody to self-custody, they told me actually, you know, Ledger is easier to use than my uh, than my than my custody before. And if you think about it, it's true. Like you know, there are many things that are that you could consider harder to use. But you know, get this: like once you have a Ledger and it's set up, you have a pin code, you have access to your phones, you can do whatever you want with them. When you're in custody, like how many phone calls do you need to make, how many two FAs do you need to have, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, you know, it is not true that using Web two even or your bank, etc., is that easy? Like you need to do yeah. several steps. You need to click on emails, etc. It's not very easy actually to do a transaction with your ledger. It is pretty easy. You just okay. go there. You 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 do the parameters of the transaction. You press enter. You double click on your on your ledger. You just verify that the addresses are correct. Double click on your ledger. Boom, it's gone. And so that's easy. Uh, but you're right. There are certain things. But but but. Having said that, you know uh, we're not going to sit there and, and look at this and say, okay, we are very happy with ourselves, and now 
this is all that we're going to do. You need to sort of push forward. My prediction is actually that self-custody is going to be much easier to use than any form of custody in the next five years and without risk too, because the, the, the problem is, uh, uh, you, have, you have a few problems. You have an onboarding problem. It's like, how easy do you make it to onboard and to understand, et cetera? And so launching Stacks uh, mid-June, uh, this is uh, one of the problems that we're tackling. You know, Stacks is a much easier uh, product to use in general, but especially for the onboarding part. And in the onboarding process, you're right, there is always this problem of like, what am, what am I doing with my 24 words? Like finally, yeah. et cetera. It's very stressful. I have this little story that's, uh, that, that it's about me. It's like one day I set up a, a nano, I, you know, I do my 24 words and then I'm very clever and I hide them somewhere, et cetera. And one day I still have my nano, I still have my pin code and I'm like, but where? and so I don't remember where the 24 words. I was so clever in hiding them that I could never find them again. And so, so it was fine because I still had my nano and my pin code. And so what I did is I retransferred the, the, the coin onto a different address where this time I had 24 words. So the 24 words, that's that's a real concern. And when you talk to people around you or talk to people around me, you know, people say exactly what you say, which is, you know, I don't trust myself with this. So ledger recovery is a way in the onboarding process where you're going to be able, you're always going to be able to keep your 24 words for yourself if you want. And that's a recommendation in general that we have for people is like keep your 24 words and never share them with anyone. There is no reason why you should give your 24 words to anyone, even if it's Ledger. Ledger will never ask you 24 words. If Ledger asks you something like this, it's probably because you're being hacked or fished. Um, but in the process, you'll be able to shard your 24 words with three different custodians that are in three different uh, regions of the world. And so three different regulation. And those custodians have no way of connecting together to share uh, the shard that they have. And so nobody apart from you will be able to recreate the full uh, 24 words. And so that's a great product um, because that's one of the biggest pain points of the industry. And, you know, we, we, we're happy to, to come with this. And uh, there is a launch date now that is uh, that, that's sometimes in May, anytime soon. You mentioned, obviously, another huge thing that you have releasing, which is Stacks. And that thing looks awesome, right? Yeah. And I know like the way you'll be able to display NFTs and the, the sort of rounded corners on the screen. I mean, is this it? Is this the product? Is this the thing that uh, helps us go mainstream where it just becomes so easy that people love it and we're done with all this conversation? Or do you think it's still a part of the evolution? Uh Man, it's going to be an evolution for the next 30 years. I mean, you yeah. Know, so I don't think Stacks is the, uh, it's neither the beginning nor the end. It's just like, a, you know, it's on the way to, to, to mass adoption. Um, I think we designed this, or Tony Fadell, in, the inventor of the iPod, designed this. And so it looks very Apple, but it's really like Tony from Apple and Ledger with our security background and, we just had a baby together and the name of the baby is Dex. And, uh, and you can see that he has like, you know, very Apple-like features in terms of design, in curved screen, et cetera. And the way that, you know, uh, Tony thinks about a product is it's really amazing to see, but he had to work with the security team. And sometimes, you know, even, even Tony has a way of doing things and he's like, well, this is what I would like the product to do. And the security team would say, it's not possible, you know, because security wise not. And so they had to find compromise and it was beautiful to, to see, you know, this tension at work, um, you know, positive tension, constructive tension in order to, to, to build the product. So Stacks has, 
exactly the same features in terms of security as you know the X, the S, and 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 a ledger in general, but has you know sort of beautiful design. But the beautiful design is to enhance the UX and UI. Like so, and again, you know, back to um, to this idea of like you know making it easy to onboard and making it much uh, easier to use. And when we discussed this with Tony at the beginning, you know, this project started two years ago. Tony made a you know a comment. We say, hey, you guys, and because we kept on saying that we have a, uh, a B2C business, like, you know, business to consumer. He's like, no, 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 you, have, you're, you guys are business to geeks and you have to make it business to consumer. Uh, and, you know, no disrespect to us geeks, like, you know, we're part of the geeks and, 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 and the geeks are amazing. And the geeks are, you know, the, the first people that start forming an industry uh, and, uh, and, and, and a product. But for the consumers to come, you know, the less geeky and the less technical, you have to make it much easier to use. So you have to dumb it down and you have to build an interface, a product that is A, people de desire, and B, that, that is uh, super easy to use. So this is definitely one step in that direction. Uh, and so far, all the reviews and everyone that has, you know, sort of engaged and touched the product, like, you know, the feedbacks are extremely good. And, and exactly saying that, it's like, oh my God, like this is much easier to use. And so I can see now why we switch to, to sort of ledger and self-custody. And But you need to have a combination of the two, right? You need to desire the product, like, okay, I want one. Uh, and some people is like, just say to us, like, I want one. I don't know what I will do with it, but I want one. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then ease of use, which is as soon as you engage with the product, it feels very natural. So we believe <clears throat> it's, it's the... Um, iPod moments of the industry, you know, uh, MP3 players uh, pre-existed the iPod, and uh, and suddenly there was the iPod, and so you know, it's we, we like to think that it's going to be that moment for for the crypto industry. Is it a challenge at all that you're creating this incredible consumer product, but you also want people to kind of every once in a while just put it in a safe and not always have it on them, or is this a product that you feel someone can always have it on them and still be safe and secure? Yeah, 100%, but you know, it's stacked, so you can stack them together. So first of all, you know, we think that people should think about, you know, how they do their security and, you know, to you know, to each person, maybe uh, uh, different ways of doing their security. We feel that uh, you have a magnet in the stacks and it's, it's, it's very clever. You can stack them and, you know, the fact that you have this in curve screen and you can make the spine, uh, you, you can personalize the, the, the full screen and the spine differently. And so you can stack them together and you can have different things in them. So, uh, you know, we believe that you shouldn't have to walk uh, in the street with everything that you own on you. I mean, you know, I, but I you can have a couple of cool NFTs that you want to show off to your friends. Correct. And, you know, and maybe uh, a few thousand dollars that you can have on another stacks if you want like to your wallet. Yeah. Yeah, your wallet, et cetera, you know, d d different things like that. And in the future, we'll come with, you know, even, um, you know, software clever ways of doing this, like, you know, sort of through sort of multi-sig and, you know, governance that we're going to put on top of stacks, like meaning that, you know, if you're going to do a transaction over like $5,000, maybe you need to, you know, two out of three to sign versus under $5,000 where it's just like your credit card. I mean, you know, some some of us are have credit cards with uh, where you can spend $20,000 a day uh, and it's just a... Uh, a pin in the US, sometimes you don't even need the pin. You just swipe the card and, and you can spend $20,000 in a, in a club. They never ask us for our pin, literally ever. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, there, there are things that already exist like this in, in, the, in the current world. And um, what we're doing with Ledger is just more secure than what exists today. And so 
if if you have too much, you know, keep some, you know, put it on different ledger. This is what how Stacks has been designed, so you can have several and know uh, what is in uh, each. So I heard a really cool story about you guys and Trust Wallet that I was surprised about. I think it's called a Ledger Donjon. Is that? So, but that actually, I think a lot of people heard about the potential Trust Wallet exploit that they had that put $30 million at risk. But I had no idea that you guys had white hat hackers on staff that identified that and effectively saved Trust Wallet and Binance until I read the story today. And this was a while ago. So could you, could you talk a bit about that? I, I just didn't know that was a service you offered or something you guys were doing. Yeah, no, so we're a security company. Ledger is a security company. And so what we do is we build the defense for the industry. Uh, and as a secu every security company has a, always has a, 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 what's called an attack lab. Uh, and so it's a bunch of white hats, uh, la crème de la crème, as we say in French. Um, and what they do every day is like they hack systems. They hack uh, hardware, they hack software, they hack everything that they can hack. Um, they hack our products first, just to make sure that they're extremely secure because you want to, you know, you want the dungeon to attack a ledger product before someone else finds a way in. And so you want to attack and patch. Um, <clears throat> we have a bounty program uh, where you can contact the dungeon if you find something really on any product, but on ledger products and, and you know, and help us uh, uh, enhance the security for ledger products and for the industry. And so when we hack another system, of course, our intention is to help uh, this this other company or the system to upgrade their security and to be more secure, because there is a you know this is our mission. Like we we need to make uh, crypto secure and easy to use. But like for everyone and everywhere, like you know this doesn't scale. This game doesn't scale if you only secure with Ledger, for example. You have to sort of be secure everywhere. This is why we power. Um, uh, financial institution and exchanges with ledger technology also via ledger enterprise because why would you compromise on security if you're very secure with your ledger nano or stacks why would you compromise on security once you send a coin to an exchange in the future i mean in reality exchanges should run all on some form of ledger technology that guarantees a security of the private key and b security of the governance like who has access to what etc can the ceo of the exchange walk away with with the coins if the answer is yes and it's a terrible, terrible way of doing things. You should have segregations between administrators of the funds and operators of the funds. Uh, and you know that's that's true for any fund, exchange, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's our job. And so when we find something, we just contact um, the people in question and we have them fix it. And then there is a process that's called um, responsible disclosure where we, uh, where we show what we found. And the reason why we do it is not because we're arrogant or cocky, uh, it's because we then help other uh, researchers to see how we could break the system and eventually fix theirs that was built the same way with the same architecture or find other ways of breaking system and so therefore continuously improving the security of the of, of the industry. Uh, so that's that's what happened and we will keep on doing it and you know we will um, uh, help uh, uh, everyone uh, to you know uh, increase their security. Sometimes you find bugs that can't be patched. Okay. So that's that's when the system fails. And so usually the only option that the vendor has at this moment or that the company has at this moment is just to change completely completely architecture, etc. But if, if it fails, it fails, and people should know that it's a, it's a it's a failed system. 
Um, so security is not kind. Like you know, if it's broken, it's broken. We, security by obscurity is not yeah. the way that we win. You know, Yeah, I just don't think that every company would help their competitor in that way. I mean, they are a competitor technically. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I think it would be worst for everyone if Trust Riot got got hacked. It's not a good. It's not great for the industry because if some, it. that, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. If trust rate get hacked, if other get hacked, etc., then you know the trust goes away, and you know then people start. It is not true that you can win on your own. So the, this theory to say, well, you know, let's everybody else fail, everybody else fails, and only Ledger survives. That's not a great industry. Yeah, that, that that absolutely makes perfect sense. So you're obviously since you're building these security systems and you're building these devices. You're probably looking far ahead versus other people in the industry in what's coming, right? You need to be able to secure things that we might have evolved two, three, four, five years from now. So what are you seeing in the industry that's exciting to you that might be coming that's not on everyone's radar that you guys are already working on? Yeah. I think, you know, Ledger, the way that we design our security platform is sort of the low beta for the industry. And what we what we see coming. <clears throat> There are two things like the way that we design security, first of all, start with hardware. And so people usually think that hardware is like a bad word, but it is the gravity of security. Like every security system has some form of secure hardware into it. And you know, people usually say, I've got a very clever uh, investor the other day that said, yes, but MPC, as if MPC was only software, it is not like, you know, MPC runs in secure enclaves. And so that's hardware. And so the question is, a real online security system as hardware operating system uh, and software like it's a combination of these three technologies <clears throat> and so you can do research and you can you can work on these three layers going forward uh, and mpc is great uh, and, and a lot of people are working on that and it's very but it's very complementary to hardware and to various other uh, security layers that you can put around sort of private keys and and, and a system so I don't believe in uh, competition. I believe in cooperation of different type of technologies to build like the best possible secure system. Um, and uh, but but we are very focused on hardware, and so therefore we are thinking about like how to design secure elements and uh, HSMs, hardware security modules, so secure servers for the next five to ten years. Because the problem of uh, of hardware is like it's it's a very long time. If you decide something today. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It will take a few years to get there. And depending on the complexity of what we're trying to achieve, maybe it's two years, maybe it's three, could be five. And so if you think about like what you want to do in five years and how the systems will evolve, like you need to start making decisions today. And this is this is the way we work, and this is this is this is what we're doing basically. We're trying to to see what's what's coming. What's coming in a way it's very simple. I think it's Everything that has value, everything, every, every secret will go onto a blockchain. And so blockchains would not be just carrying like, you know, cryptocurrencies, but also, you know, other forms of uh, valuable items. Uh, and identity is, uh, is, is, is probably the most important one going forward. I mean, in terms of mass adoption, um, identity theft online is starting to be like a huge problem. Uh, and so crypto will be a way to protect your identity. Uh, and so, and so, therefore, on your ledger wallet uh, in the future, you probably have your money, your identity, your health data, like a bunch of things that is in your wallet today. I mean, if you open your leather wallet that you probably have on you still today, and you see what's inside, 
everything that's inside that wallet, you know, coupon, uh, you know, uh, uh, Starbucks points, etc. And you know that Starbucks is already doing this, right? It's yeah, NFT, sure. And so that tomorrow will be in your in your wallet. But the thing is, your wallet will be should should be able now to process a lot more information, a lot more coins, like have more space. Uh, uh, run like several applications at the same time, etc. So you know the, the future of this. We need to work on secure elements, HSM, etc. So they are sort of uh, bigger, faster, and you know stronger, basically. Yeah, the identity element is huge, even beyond I think the theft side of it. There's also just your right to privacy and to your own data and to securing that and not giving that away to every company and everyone you purchase something from. So I think that part of it is going to end up probably compelling even more people to secure their identity once as we've come to realize, you know, what big tech and the government are doing with all of our data and, and our information. Uh, correct. But, you know, sometimes the governments are sort of conflicted, like, you know, they want to do many things, but they're interestingly, um, identity on crypto is way and with, you know, additional technologies like uh, zero knowledge proof is a way to share your identity, but without revealing necessarily everything. So I can prove to you that I'm uh, uh, that I'm legally uh, in the United States, which sometimes you need to know. But that's all I'll share. I don't need to tell you uh, who I am, my name, uh, where I live, etc. But I can prove to you that I'm um, uh, legal, um, which is not the case for me today. But you know, so I wouldn't be able to prove that. But <laughs> but I'm that I'm allowed to be in the United States, or I can prove to you that I'm a U.S. citizen, or I can prove to you that I'm 18. You know, and, and, and this opened like so many use cases. I mean, uh, the one that I use frequently is, I don't think that online porn is okay, free online porn. I don't think it's okay for young uh, people. If you're 14, I don't think you should look at that. I, I think, think everyone okay. agrees there, yeah. And so, um, uh, and I think, you know, it should be uh, accessible to adults. But however, like, you know, I also don't think that you should have to flash your ID to access the content. You know, <laughs> you know I don't think that's cool. Um, but but with crypto, you could definitely, uh, and with your ledger, what you could do to, and this is not science fiction. This is like maybe 2024. Um, you could log on with your ledger. You could connect with your wallet, prove that you're 18, and that will give you access to content, whether porn or whatever. Uh, but you see, you you see my my example. Yeah, I think it's. I think that that could really trigger mainstream adoption when people realize how important of an issue that is, and how much they're losing their data, and how much you're giving away for things like that. <laughs> like you said, imagine literally having to like show your ID to your screen to be able to access something like that. Now everybody knows exactly what you're looking at on on your computer. I mean, that's horrifying. Yeah, but but we're slightly going there, and so I think you know, crypto is the safety net. Uh, you know, in French we say "la vie est bien faite." Uh, life is well designed in a way. Uh, it is interesting when all of this is happening, like sort of AI, and you know, uh, people wondering about like boats and 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 um, uh, who is a credible actor on the internet and spam and all these things. It's interesting that you know, crypto will come as a savior right now. Uh, and I think so. I think you know, crypto in general, and you know, and cryptocurrency and public blockchains uh, are coming at a at a very good time to solve some of these issues. You know, at first when I got into crypto in 2014, is that you know, it was a meme to say Bitcoin fixes this, and you know, Bitcoin <laughs> fix uh, everything. Um, so it probably cannot fix everything, but it can it, it can fix a lot, and it's going to be 
uh, front and center in everybody's life going forward. You know, we have we will have more digital stuff going forward. That's clear. And whether it's uh, it's an NFT, whether it's a coin, whether it's your ID, etc., there there will be more crypto stuff that we'll be able to own and decide then where and with whom we want to engage and participate. So. A lot of people believe that central bank digital currencies are inevitable, certainly in a number of countries. And obviously, there's quite a fear over what that would mean. But I would imagine if we get central bank digital currencies, then they'll need companies like yours to secure them, right? I mean, do you think that if everything goes digital in that manner, if all money goes digital, that we're going to see it largely on blockchains and being secured by the same technology? Do you think that it would be completely something else developed by the government, uh, you know, a closed system? Well, I mean, from a pure technology standpoint, uh, I think I would want to see if any government outside of sort of China that is, you know, the... Um, that is very sort of verticalized and, you know, the, the decision comes from the top is a very top down. And so this is what we do. And everybody does like, you know, what the, the party decides, which is one way of doing things. But in, um, in a country like the United States of America, where you have, you know, sort of check and balances and, you know, a constitution that, that makes it sometimes hard to do things, but for good reasons, which is, you know, it's a, it's a feature is not a bug. Right. Um, I, I don't, exactly see uh, how any government that runs like that, so, so even Europe, can, can go sort of top down and, and build a technology and let alone an industry. You know, A, it has never happened in the past. You know, governments are not able to do that. Uh, from a, and again, I'm not talking about like the philosophy behind the, 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 the CBDCs, etc. I'm just talking about pure execution. How do you go from nothing to suddenly something that everybody uses, like who does the wallet, who does the tech, you know, how do you coordinate like governmental effort with sort of banks, etc.? Who runs the network? What kind of network it is? Etc. It seems uh, stretched uh, in terms of you know, uh, you know, in terms of you know, what is the go-to market of this? So, me, this is where I'm very unclear. Now you can talk a lot about CBDCs, etc., and you know why they're good or bad, and and who's going to do what with them? But you know, I will. Uh, I would be very surprised. And you know, in Europe and in France, we are the specialists of you know having like uh, at some point uh, governments and or uh, someone at the European Parliament that has a big idea on you know what we should do. But you know, the execution is always extremely poor, and especially when it comes to technology. I mean, you know, look at any online service that is provided by any governments uh, in the free world and, you know, and, and tell me how do they compare to your Google account? I mean, you know, Google has far superior technology. So I don't know who's going to build that technology for any government uh, to be sort of robust, scaling, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I think there is, a people look at Bitcoin and sort of, sort of and, and, and other cryptocurrency and look at it very quickly and say, well, okay, fine, we, we're going to do the same. It is very difficult. I mean, right now, to run uh, a global network like Bitcoin is very, very difficult. And what Bitcoin has achieved uh, over the years is fantastic. It's not a small. It's not a small thing. It is extraordinary. And so, for anyone to think that they're going to be able to replicate that because they just they want to, you know, I think it's a mistake. So, from a pure operational standpoint, I mean, I wish good luck to any, anyone who wants to have a global 
uh, money transmission network uh, where you know users, enterprise, industries can access freely, open, etc. Or even if you want to close it, whatever you want to do, like, like you know, to to run something like this is very, 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 very difficult. Well, we have seen now a lot of other things need, needing to be secured on the Bitcoin network, like ordinals and BRC20 tokens. Is that all built in already to what Ledger has because of the nature with Bitcoin? Or is that something you now have to build for? Uh, we have to build for some some of the stuff that we know that is, you know, is sort of interesting and we will other stuff like debatable. So, you know, Ledger will never be first, but we'll always be right. Um, uh, security is not uh, security doesn't react to the news like if there is a the new cool kid in town like the Pepe token or whatever it's like it's cool but like you know we can't react like this and you know security etc it takes time it's a uh, security technology is usually uh, you know a little longer to to, to it takes a little longer to con on it but because you want it to be extremely secure so the, the market is happening and you know if uh, if it's if it's strong and if it stays then of course we'll support it I, I I think it's going to stick around, to be quite honest. I, I didn't think so at first, but it seems to be growing at such a tremendous rate that I think you're going to have a, a new job on your hands. Yeah, we'll support it. I mean, you know, and, and, and again, like Ledger has been designed as an open platform. So any third party can go to developers.ledger.com and code their own app uh, onto our systems and even an integration all the way to Ledger Live. And we have a big team that is here to support those kind of integrations. So I mean, you know, really, there is uh, there is no problem, uh, and so if it's here to stay and if it's good, then of course we'll support it. Well, I hope you uh, convince those those uh, fine people in Washington to uh, give us some sensible re regulation and legislation in this country. You're maybe more hopeful being there than I am. Maybe I need to fly up to Washington and take a few meetings to get a little more uh, optimistic. <laughs> no, we should. I mean, it's a uh, you know debates you have to put yourself in the shoes of sort of legislators and regulators this is very hard like you know uh, technology sure. is exponential so you have at the same time that you have crypto happening you have ai happening etc how do you um, how do you think about that if you're if you're in their shoes i mean it's it's um, it, it is very difficult so you know i i think our approach is to try and be helpful um and um the same that we do with security. You know, we help other companies. We 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 try to help as much as we can uh, and and explain what we do, and we do it from a from a place of you know trying to secure the industry and secure the governance of the industry and 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 self custody. So it's we're really about like sort of freedom, uh, and and we think it's important. There are some people that are you know strongly against uh, crypto. It's very hard to talk to these people because you know they, they just don't want it, uh, and usually they're it's because they they don't like freedom. They they, they would prefer to have control over people. Um, we we're not for that. Like I think you know freedom to the people is an important concept in democracy, and the ability to be able to own what is yours also I think it's a fundamental right. So um, we're here to help and, and 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 educate, but we also know that you know some people are. Uh, against uh, what we stand for, and we are also happy to disagree. Well, then we need to win. I uh, can't wait to get my hands on a couple of those stacks, man. Uh, where can everybody else uh, go, I guess, pre-order them now uh, in, in advance of the release or, or check them out? Uh, look, I think Best Buy still takes... Yeah, I saw that. 
pre-orders. So I would go on Best Buy and, and pre-order. Awesome. And where can people follow you after this conversation? You can follow me on uh, Twitter. Uh, and thanks to Elon, actually, it's easy to follow the real me and not a fake me. Uh, because uh, me is underscore P Gauthier, G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R. And I have a little blue check and also a little ledger logo next to my uh, next to yeah, my I need name. one of those cool second logos, man. That seems to be the thing right now. Pretty awesome. I don't know why I would need one, but, uh, you know, why not more? Yeah, because it's cool. That's a, that's a great reason, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, like I said, I can't wait to see the products and I can't uh, wait to see you convince those people up in Washington to, to help us out, man. So thank you very much. Merci, Scott. That's dope.